I was walking down the street and I just kind of knew I just had an epiphany. What's an epiphany? What is a knowing? What is creative flow? What are these things? We just say them. What is an authentic moment? What's inauthentic? Why is it authentic or inauthentic, right? It's because you on a soul level decided your curriculum for this lifetime. This earth plane is a big classroom where you're getting the opportunity to embody so that you can have the experiences your soul wanted to have so it can learn it experientially, right? Because that's when we really learn things. We don't learn by knowing in our head. We, know, we learn because we, we feel it to be true. Welcome home to the Lindsay Martin Ellis Experience. This is your virtual sanctuary where we keep it light while going deep and ground spirituality into the reality of what it means to be human. We explore consciousness, evolution, alternative health, all things truth, taboo, and beyond. There are no boxes or rules here. Tune in each week where myself and raw and real guests will be sharing our lived experience through a multifaceted lens to support you no matter where you're at on your journey. This is a sacred space where spiritual principles and universal wisdom are accessible, simple, and digestible because all are welcome here. It is your birthright to remember the magic and miracle that you are. You ready to be inspired? Let's do this, love. Welcome back to the show, Soul Fam. I am pretty pumped about this episode. I recorded this days before I moved out of my Sarasota home. This episode was recorded, oh gosh, it's like three to four months ago. I would say probably three months ago, which is actually kind of crazy to think about that it's three months feels like forever ago, but also feels like just a blip because it is just a blip. <laughs> and I recorded this with the amazing Laura Co. and I'll share a little bit more about her. But I was actually recording this in my husband's office because we had moved all of the furniture out of my office. We were in such a transition and it it felt like this episode needed to wait to be launched with the rebranding of the podcast, especially because so much of Laura's work is centered around authenticity and there's and why I love Laura is so much of my world and my work. <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat. So much of my world and my work is centered around relatability, humility, authenticity. And that is, I mean, and and like gentleness and kindness and compassion and not not moving through life like from this pedestal and just being really receptive and open and inviting. There's a presence that Laura has that's extremely inviting and warm. And it like it, her journey is so different than mine, but it relates so much to my journey. I think she even says in the episode, like, what? I don't consider myself a mystic. Like, I'm just a normal person, <laughs> something along those lines, like just not realizing that she would have these abilities to connect in the way that she does and and bring, you know, the realm of the Akashic Records um, in a very grounded, practical way that really anyone can access if they so choose. Because the reality is, is that we all have access to our multidimensionality. And a lot of times in the spiritual world, there's hierarchy that, um, you know, like starts to kind of come into place and an ego kind of starts to come into place and just the sense of like, I know more and you don't and come follow me. And there's like that student teacher guru type of messaging and Laura is like the complete opposite of that. <laughs> That's why I'm so drawn to her energy. And, and what's amazing is I had a session with her. I had my first ever Akashic Records session with her, which I talk about in the episode uh, over a year ago now. And when we recorded this episode together, it was like just shy of a year ago that we that I had my first session 
with her and her growth has been explosive. Her wait list is through the roof. She's now doing certifications. I mean, just her offerings are expanding in one year. And it's because she's so in alignment with her inner truth. She's so connected with authentically who she is and who she came here to be in this lifetime. And she speaks to this in the episode and she does it in a, in a, in a really beautiful way, in a way that I feel is very grounded and that people can, kind you know, people can understand and appreciate. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else. So I actually give some little nuggets in the episode about um, my experience <laughs> with my first ever Akashic Records reading with her and how, I mean, it was really actually when I had my session with her, it was during a reinvention time, which I'm obviously in a reinvention time right now. But this was before I launched my my group program. And I was really in this place of finally stepping into who I am and who I came here to be and sharing it publicly and making making myself known and exposing myself in a way. And that it was like the first time that I had like the first layer of myself really doing that in terms of spiritual leadership. And it's fascinating to me that I like I I don't even know who that woman is anymore who had that session with Laura and so much of it was just extremely affirming and there was you know and it was articulated in a way to me that nobody else would really understand it but myself and and we talk about that in the episode as well and so yeah I think I'll just leave it there she is an amazing human and and you know why I like bringing people like Laura on the show and it's it's kind of like if she can do it anyone can do it <laughs> you know she's had multiple careers and has multiple skill sets and you know she really just keeps following what lights her up and what excites her and and there's something here with with the akasha and I'm not going to get into what the akashic records are we're going to get into it in the episode, but I really just wanted to kind of introduce her formally in this intro. And yeah, it just feels very fitting that sh- that this episode is the first episode, or I should say the, f- the first interview of the rebranding of the podcast, because obviously last week's was was my solo cast and it feels so aligned and so right that it's with her because she really is the cornerstone of the like the caliber of individual that I want to bring on the show in terms of like just I mean it's just effortless (laughs) I don't know if she would say it's effortless but it feels effortless when and I know it takes a lot to reprogram and repattern and to follow your heart and to like make changes and transitions and all of the things. But it's very clear that people need this. It's very clear that Laura came here to do this and to support humanity with this. It's very clear that people are asking for this. There's a huge wait list for her services. And there's, you know, the, all of these different, again, these different ways that you can access her and and her lens that she teaches um you know this universal wisdom through and and she really is an expander for me in that way because I know I'm on I'm on a very similar path and and I know that it's here and that it's coming and all that matters is that I just continue to experience what my soul came here to experience and actualize and there's nothing more to do, like no pressure. <laughs> it gets to be light, it gets to be fun. And um, and I feel like that's where the, the true joy, peace, serenity, happiness lives. And, and Laura talks about that as well. So I invite you to tune in, to have an open mind, to get curious, to check out the show notes, the ways that you can connect with her through... Um, her website, lauraco.com, and also her her brand, Little Soul School, where you can learn all about, again, the Akashic Records and beyond, explore her books, 
her philosophical books where she asks questions to the Akashic Records, um, her membership. Again, she's got certification programs and different classes if you want to have access, if you want to read your own Akashic Records. Um, I learned through her. I actually have opened up my, my own Akashic Records before. And again, she makes it accessible. And so it's kind of like, take what you need and leave the rest. Like, you'll know, do you want to book a session with someone else? Do you want to play on your own and explore it on your own? Do you, are you just like getting your feet wet and wanting to explore a bit and just be like, I've never even heard of this before. Like, I think I'll just start with this podcast episode. So there's, there's something for everyone here, depending on how deep you'd like to go with it. But I really think that you're going to love her energy. And again, this, the, the humanity that she brings to spirituality, which of course is very, very important to me because this is what it's about. <laughs> it's about being connected to our reality while also truly like steeping in our multidimensionality and connectedness with everyone on this planet. All right, everyone, enjoy. Much love. And I can't wait to know what you think. I have the lovely Laura Co here today. And I'm my little girl inside is elated to have this conversation. And we're going to keep it fun and light and delve into the Akashic Records and what that is and some other fun things. But would you like for a moment to just say hello to our beautiful community? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to chat with you and go wherever you'd like to go on this topic. It's definitely my favorite one. <laughs> yes. All right. So I was reading your bio before this a bit, and I was intrigued by your journey a bit. So you went to school for philosophy, you became a health tech, a healthcare tech entrepreneur, you've written a couple books, you're in the realm of Akashic Records. So I think it's important because my journey is very nonlinear. I used to be an engineer and now I teach embodiment work. And I was also in a non-toxic skincare and cosmetics direct sales beauty brand for a bit as like a stepping stone. So I love to, to just create more stories of if people are maybe struggling in clarity of their life's work and of their service work, of their purpose, of what they're currently doing, to maybe share that nonlinear journey of where you started and where you're at now. Yeah, absolutely. And feel free to, I can go as deep as you want in any area, but um, yeah, I, I so I started off um, really just quickly to touch on, you know, when I was, I was a teenager, I, I was just not what you'd think of me today. I, I didn't care about anything. I wasn't serious about anything. I was kind of that kid that you might want to keep your kids away from. And in, in a lot of ways I was partying, having fun. And then I stumbled across philosophy in an English classroom. I read Plato and for a kid who didn't care about school at all, I was 16. I read it and I had a full body goosebump moment, right? But growing up um, rather atheist, agnostic, um, I didn't have any context for that. So I just brushed it off, but I knew something had happened. Went to college, studied um, philosophy the minute I got there. Freshman year, I turned my grades around, turned my life around, started getting straight A's, and it just it just spoke to me. And it was painfully simple, right? Like there was something about it that woke something up within me. Today's language, I'd say it was a past life. Back then, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I went to graduate school. I went to Tufts. It was the top program in the country at the time. I thought I'd be a professor. And I was like, this is it. I'm, I'm in. Um, I didn't love academia. Um, the idea of writing a lot of articles in a small community of academics, um, it just did not appeal to me. I sort of liked the old school style out in the street, making a change in, in life. And I was young and 22 and I think very idyllic about it all. Uh, and, and so it, it was a very difficult time. I, I left graduate school uh, very defeated. You know, I thought this was this was the life path and it just wasn't. Um, came home to Chicago. My father was old school and he was like, you're not hanging out in my house at 24 unemployed. So he was starting a small healthcare tech company with my brother. Uh, my dad's a famous physician figured out once you have kidney stones, how to make sure they don't come back. 
And I was like, kidney stones, healthcare, business, no, 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 and no, like no, right? So I'm thinking, oh my God, right? But he wasn't the kind of guy you talk back to. So I went to this small laboratory in the middle of a weird spot in Chicago alone. My brother joined the business uh, a few months later and I'd spend every day by myself staring at this weird lab equipment thinking what, what's happened in my life, right? And um, my brother and I are best friends. I'm a really good creative builder. And so who knew, but I woke up this other part of myself that was able to do this, right? Like I never identified that way. I had no plan B. I was like, I'm chilling with my brother, kind of dabbling and creating things. I was like, this doesn't suck. So I stuck with it, um, truly. And I had a, a single thought, which was, um, when I, I'm going to sell this company, I just, I had this, this knowing. And when I do, I'll go back to my passion. Mm. So 10 years later, um, we sold the company and we built up this, um, this programmatic approach to helping people with uh, chronic illnesses. We did it in kidney stones. Then we did it in other disease states. Um, the whole at home testing kit thing where you, you, um, mail in your stuff, 23andMe. Like I came up with that model. Mm-hmm. I was very, very innovative, very, very cool. We did very, very exciting stuff, but I still hated healthcare and I had no interest in business particularly. Um, I just like building stuff. So we sold the company and I was a fortune, uh, an executive at the fortune 500 that purchased us. Um, and that was when like, there was a deep need for change. Um, I'm not somebody who could really deal with corporate America. I don't follow rules that well. I've always been my own boss. I was just like, this is not for me. So I made it through the two-year buyout period. And um, and I left with this one knowing again. Like, I just know I need to do something that's more authentic was the word. I just kept saying authentic. And I had no idea what that meant. I mean, none. Um, wouldn't have ever dreamed that my life would have been one of writing and podcasting and coaching at that point. Um, I actually thought I was going to be the owner of a yoga studio. I had started doing yoga. I had become a yoga teacher. Um, Nope, that wasn't it. Then I thought I'd run the integrated healthcare systems at Northwestern. They, they pitched me for that. And I was like, you know, I like alternative care. I'd been in healthcare. Maybe this is it. Nope, that wasn't it. So I just kept listening for the first time in my life to this authentic self because that was kind of the the one thing I knew was true at that moment was to listen in. And and really what it caused me to do is just say no, but I couldn't find the yes, right? Like so anyways, um fast forward a year and change of later of excruciating torturesome circular career struggle, which I know a lot of people go through. What do I want in life? Right? Like it's a really hard question. Um, I started writing and um, I wrote my first book, Emotional Obesity. I started the podcast, Art of Authenticity. We had these beautiful conversations around how do you have success and passion? What does it mean to have a success trajectory? Right? I don't want to be passion filled with passion and broke, but I don't want to be (laughs) like working real hard and have no passion. So what does that look like? So I was having a great time. I had a blog, I had the podcast, I was coaching people internationally. And then I hit that wall again, right? It seems like my life has this, but I was like, oh, there's something more, more. What does authenticity really mean? What are we talking about when we say that? right? Like it's such a, a, a overused word. We point to our chest. We say it in here, me, authentically me. What? Who's the me? What do we mean? What do we mean when we say that? How come we have a yes? How come we have a no? What is all that? So I, I took a break and I thought there's got to be something more. And I, I just couldn't get there. Um, and that's when I I didn't stumble. I mean, I I left my partner of 17 years. Um, I went out on dating apps and uh, the first person I met for a coffee or whatever it was turned out to be my twin flame. And your (laughs) twin flame is the energetic other half of your soul for people who don't know. So you have multiple soulmates, but you have this one twin flame, which is um, you split in half at, at the inception of your soul. And is not the cutest of relationships. It's a very push-pull, very difficult relationship. And so um, she was a dancer. She is a dancer. I knew 
when I was in my twenties, I was like, I'm going to meet a dancer. I know I just, am going to meet this dancer before I die. And I, that came forward and, and she was like, we should go do an Akashic record reading. Mm. So I left the previous time when I went out dating, I was thinking, God, there's something around love and self-love. I I had that knowing again, right? And now I would say, well, that was my soul plan, right? And we'll talk about the Akashic realm and all that, but but I just knew there was something again. And so um, we went on a spring day and I don't know, right? I was just like, I don't know what this is. Like, I'm always open to try stuff though. I was like the person, you know, I'll try once, anything, see what I think for myself. Um, and I mean, I was just mind blown. I was telling some friends, I want to live in a modern minimalist apartment on the lake. Mm. I walked into this room. This woman, Jessica, sat across from me. She asked me my name and I gave her my full legal name. She read some sentences and then she starts to say, I see a modern minimalist apartment on the lake. <laughs> and I was like, what? Are you inside my brain? Literally? Yes. Your Akashic brain. How do you, how do you, how do you, right? And then she kept doing that. And then she kept talking about soul truths and like just personal things, stuff that like my best friends wouldn't know things that I would have trouble articulating about myself, but I knew to be true. But I was like, what? My brain went offline. I kind of got this weird stare, which is what happens to my clients. Like, what's happening? Like the brain can't even compute the level of truth mm. and it goes to your soul. And, um, and one of the things she said is you've met, you, you know, this, this twin flame soulmate, um, you've had 135 lives together. Mm. I was like, were you with, were you with her? It's like you both were <laughs> receiving that at the same time. So that's the thing. I'm glad you caught it, right? Because here we are in the human plane. We had <laughs> just connected. We had just made a commitment maybe a month earlier. Mm. So she goes and does her reading. We cross each other in the hallway of this place we were at. I went to go do a cranial sacrum massage. She had just done that. We were swapping. She goes in, she comes out, she looks at me and she's like, do you want to get a drink and talk? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like who goes first? Did she say I was your twin? Because I don't want to mention the 135 lives if you don't mention it first, right? Like it's so awkward. So we kind of fessed up. We kind of looked at each other, but both of us knew there was something profoundly deep going on with us. We just didn't have the language. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's um, that's my story. That's how I, I kind of got into this. And from there, um, you know, the guides told me I could do a workshop and learn how. I was like, no way. I am not a mystic. I could never do it. Right. But everything else had been so true that I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. And kind of the rest is history. I mean, I have, I've been teaching and and working in this sort of obsessively. I mean, it was like a, a fish to water once, once I really got going. Oh my gosh. I love this story. <laughs> well, I want to go a certain direction, but there's this like underlying drip that I'm dying to know if you could just give a, like, what is your elevator pitch of emotional obesity. Like I, I'm, I don't, I'm like, I want to know that. What did she write about? Like, what was that about? So can you just explain what that is briefly before we go and blow everyone's minds in the Akashic realms? (laughs) For sure. For sure. So, um, when I left my company and started off on this, you know, question of authenticity, I started to ask this question that I think a lot of people ask, right? Like, I have a reasonably good life, like nothing's necessarily wrong. I've had a certain amount of success, but like something doesn't feel right. What is it? And if you start asking this question, honestly, like, what do I want truly? Not because I need money, not because of culture, not because of values. It takes really high functioning people to their knees, right? And so the emotional obesity was my own process truly of going through my own breaking down. What's in the way of my ability to answer this question? And what I realized is like the thoughts in my head, Mm. right? This concophony of conversation that we're having all the time. That sounds like me, right? If you think about the thoughts that happen all day long in your head, the problem with them is some come from your mother, some come from your father, some come from that teacher, some come from that bad situation, but they all take on your languaging and they take on your tone and cadence. How do you know what's authentic and not? Hmm. How do you know what's truth? And so I had this moment where I was like, wow, 
I couldn't tell you an authentic thought from a non-authentic thought. Like, I don't know the difference, right? Like truly. So emotional obesity is the thoughts in your head that weigh you down, Mm -hmm. keep you from your authentic self, right? I should do this. I shouldn't do that. I, people won't approve, blah, 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 blah. We all know what our junk foods are, right? I mean, I got no problem with sweets. No, no problem. I could sit in front of a buffet of of sugar and I'm like, eh. but savory, I'm a disaster. Put fries in front of me, it's over, <laughs> right? So we all know like, what do you keep away from if you want to get in shape, right? Yeah. You may, may choose to, you may choose not to, you know how to, there's gyms everywhere. We know if we want to, we can, but what are the thoughts, the junk food thoughts of your mind? What are the things that derail you from listening to what's true within you, mm. right? So I got very focused on that. Emotional obesity are the thoughts in your mind that are like um, derailing you from listening to this inner truth, inner guidance, the authentic self that wants to rise up and speak out and through you. So if we could pay more attention to the quality of the thoughts in relation to the truth of what's happening, right? Then we could get in emotional shape. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Lose God. the emotional yeah. weight, right? And and we talk that way. We say we feel weighed down. I feel lighter, freer, right? When we when we wake up more to ourselves. So that that was the play on on the word. Oh wow, I love that. And I love the relatability. I think that's what draws me to you. And I receive that a lot as well from my community and clients is like, there's a relatability. And I feel like one of your gifts is your way to articulate things in like, I, right. We understand junk food and we understand where the places we go to hide, right. And the, in like our vices and the things that we do behind closed doors. So, um, I'm very curious about this book now. I didn't, I mean, I knew that you had written it, but I forgot. Maybe I'll have to grab my hands on it because I was just going back for those of you listening. My first ever Akashic Records reading was in June of last year. So we're approaching one year and you blew my mind. And it's funny that you're talking about the mind and right. The emotional chatter and all of the things, because the first thing you opened up with, with me was you're like this gigantic, meaning tall nurse. Like you're in like an old school nurse's outfit from the forties and you're, and you're suturing up the hearts of humanity so that they can dissolve the suffering of the mind. Oh, wow. And I'm like, yeah. And you were like, I don't know if you're in healthcare or if you're literally just healing hearts through your work. And it was through deeper work of, you know, teaching, I teach women how to reprogram their mind through connecting to the body and of course, heal their hearts in the process. So when you said that I felt so seen, but the Akasha, like it was so light at the same time. Like there was a lot of cartoony metaphors and it helped me not take it so seriously in terms of like the gravity of it, but just like, wow, this resonates. And I have these mental images now of like me with my nurse bag and just opening up my tool belt, you know, my, my nurse bag and, and this deep longing on a soul level of what I came here for. So I want to thank you for it just feels so effortless with you. So I don't know if there's anything you want to respond to there before we let people know what the Akashic Records is, but that's where I wanted to go from what you were sharing with emotional obesity. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean, one is I, I the Akashic realm, um, you block out most of it. So I will find somebody at a dinner party is running up to me and saying, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you've changed my life. Do you remember? And I'm like, I don't, if I don't speak it, I can't remember it. So it's like when you wake up in the morning, if you don't speak a dream, it's gone. It's very much like that with reading. So I don't remember saying that, but I do appreciate what you're saying, which is it came through in a cartoony, light, fun way. And before we kind of get into what it is in a sort of more technical sense, I, I, that's what I love about it. It's dreamlike, it's playful, it's light. It's, there's no right or wrong. There's no judgment. And to keep coming through, this process with people over and over and over. And the reason it works is because of that lightness of that levity. Cause it's, it's like the ego 
makes us feel so serious, right? Like I'm here, Laura Co, and I have this to do. And if I don't do it, if I don't get it right, if I get it wrong, oh my God, am I in the right path? I mean, that's what most people ask me. Am I in the right path? Am I where I'm supposed to be? And it's like, like we just come in with all this heaviness, right? And I think culture feeds this idea of like, the more we do, the bigger we do it, the faster we do it, the better it is, right? And, and, And we're behind and we're not right and all this stuff. And I mean, I suffer with it too. So this, that, what you said really, um, you know, I wanted to accentuate it. It's, it's light, it's fun, it's relaxing. And you feel so happy and free afterwards. It's very funny. Actually, the guides are hilarious. I did a reading for this woman and there was, she was a little kitten and the kitten had goggles (laughs) on goggles. I mean, come on. Like, it's like a kitten with goggles and there was a big, um, yarn ball. And this kitten was like deciding between this yarn ball and turning around and going to this like foggy field. And I mean, what the hell am I looking at? Right. Like translating that. What is a kitten with goggles and yarn and, and, and fog is really hard. It takes a long time to learn how to translate the Akashic realm, but it all resonates to her. Right. So the metaphors move around, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful system. Yeah. And then there was this part where you were like, you you came here to be at the depths of the ocean where it's really dark and nobody likes to hang around. And and they're saying like, it's a tall order what you came here for, but you, you know, like, but there was so much lightness around it. Like if you right. can just surrender into the depth and you even said, like you had me, I was looking at serial killers, like very prominent serial killers, like looking at their eyes. And you were like, this is really deep, but every day they kept making it light, which the metaphor was just me seeing the humanity in, in every, everything and everyone. And so much of what you shared was about just connecting through the heart. Like as long as I'm connecting through the heart, all will be well in the world. And this is my, my journey. And this was only two months before I launched my podcast. So everything that you shared, it was so outlandish and like light and cartoony, but I could feel, I felt so seen like the things that I've been feeling in terms of the compassion that I have for those who are suffering, right. Who might act out from pain, like not condoning that, but just feeling this like deep felt sense of wanting to support humanity with not having everything be so binary. And it truly alleviated a lot of my suffering in terms of feeling different. And you were like, they're saying that you came here to not be, not be like everyone else. And, and, but everything was like, okay, I left that session just feeling this lightness of like, okay, I'm not the only one. Clearly you're another one, right? Like, right. We there's some of us who come here to go first and to to do things differently to where most may not understand it. And that level of authenticity that you talk about, I mean, that's it. It's like if we can just keep following the things that don't that that don't make sense to most and just feel so true. Like everything that you said, where you just knew this knowing about the dancer and you just knew, it's almost like you knew subconsciously how your life was going to unfold without having all of the pieces. And now here we are. So, um, yeah, yeah. I have to just, go ahead. Yeah. If I may, I mean, you know, when I, when I learned about the Akashic realm and I understood the perspective, it all clicked for me. Right. So that you have a soul plan, like you on the other side as a soul decide what it is you want. And that's why I had those knowings, right? Oh, it's time to get married. Oh, it's time to have a kid. Oh, it's just like, we, we all talk this way. I just knew, I just knew what the hell I was walking down the street and I just kind of knew I just had an epiphany. What's an epiphany? What is a knowing? What is creative flow? What are these things? We just say them. What is an authentic moment? What's inauthentic? Why is it authentic or inauthentic? Right? It's because you on a soul level decided your curriculum for this lifetime. This earth plane is a big classroom where you're getting the opportunity to embody so that you can have the experiences your soul wanted to have so it can learn it experientially, right? Because that's when we really learn things. We don't learn by knowing in our head. We we learn because we, we, we feel it to be true. 
And so that's, that's why there's those, you know, oh, I just knew it was time to quit my job. Just knew, right. Or I just feel there's a deeper purpose and I can't get there. What is that? Right. It's because you're so deep in your thoughts. You're so embodied that you can't connect into that authentic knowing anymore. So an Akashic record reading comes in, picks up on where you are, reminds you through these little drops of information. Oh, oh, I get it now. I get it now. I get who I am on a soul level, right? Because that's who we actually are, right? We are not the physical form of this lifetime only. We are the physical form of all of the lifetimes embodied breathing through this particular life this time. Mm. Well, I'm going to just ask you what the Akashic records are, but when you kept, I realized now I'm like your ability to ask why, like, is the philosophy like that, that's your foundation of, of like, to me, when I hear you asking these questions and just the deepening of the, of the, of the why question, I'm feeling your ability to not limit yourself and to not put yourself in a box. Like it's just, I can just feel this expansive energy of like the moment that you feel you have an answer. It's like, there's another question, which I love because that is why I believe that you're so successful and you're in your authenticity. And of course we're still human and we have our things, but before I ask you what the Akashic records are, if you could support people in how is there a practical thing to like take action on it or right. If you feel it and you know, people are in their suffering and they're staying in the job or they're staying in the partnership, right. You knew, but you took action is there something that you can help the listeners in terms of a small little nugget that keeps you in that, you know, expansive, like answering a question with another question and taking the aligned action that you know is authentic to your true nature? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, practically speaking, right? Um, being embodied, being in yourself, in your form, there's all this information that's happening below the neck. And so when you can trust in that as the ultimate decision maker, your life will take on the flow state. What does everybody want on the entire planet, right? Everybody, everybody wants to feel peace, happiness, free, at ease, right? And this idea of authenticity, like I want to feel my truest self. What the hell does that mean? So we ask our brains and our brains are these lovely, logical information gathering machines, but they are filled with cultural beliefs and ideas that are not correlative to listening to people, to your deepest truth. So the practical thing is to start to develop some kind of practice where you can connect into the physical, into the knowing. Well, why don't people do that? Well, we've been conditioned into the brain for so long, right? So we, we are so used to listening to what our thoughts tell us, but our thoughts are like the worst thing on the planet for truth, right? You can listen to your thoughts that say, we should go on that trip. Yes, we should. We should, should do that. And then you get there and then your thoughts say, well, you spend too much money. You should have been home. You didn't take care of your bills. And then you take care of your bills. Well, now you're just not really living life. It, it's this like disaster of contradictions because its job is to keep you safe. Its job is to store information. Its job is to hold ideas of identification of who you are. My name is Laura. I have blue eyes. All these things I've been told about myself. But the truth, right? What is that? The truth, what is this soul journey? Why am I here? What is the energy of self, right? The, the non-tangible energy of self, the soul self. What does it wish to express in the moment? that's uplifting, exciting, and is peaceful today? Well, the brain is not interested in that. The ego is not interested in it. And the more you try to do it, the more the brain, the more that the psychology, the more that the egoic self, right? The idea of yourself goes into resistance. It doesn't like that. Well, it, why? Because it wants to, it wants to rule, right? It wants to be in control. So the mind's in control or the heart's in control. Right. Either you're you're listening to your heart and soul or you're listening to your mind. So we're all conditioned into that. So it's hard. So the first step is to get into your own body. And I teach the system um, called red, yellow, green. And I just tell people, 
Think of one thing that you absolutely love. Unquestionable. It's not a trick. Don't try to be fancy or funny about it. I love my son unconditionally. No question. Boom. Done. Right. Your your pet, a, a hobby, something that it's like this isn't even a question mark. Then sit with that sensation and feel it in your body. That will give you the experience of knowing what is truth for you. It feels a certain way. And what does it feel like? It feels like a solid beam of stillness. Right? If you say, Laura, think about your son. Do you love him? Yes. Do I have to think? No. Are you sure you love him? Yes. <laughs> are you sure you like? Yes. Laura, two days later, are you sure? Yes. How do you know you love him? I don't know. I am not thinking. I am knowing, right? So knowing is silence in my mind, stillness in my body, absolute clarity. And if you were to sit here for 30 minutes and say, you don't love your son, you can't stand him. You two don't get along. I'd be like, you're just weird. Like, I don't know what to tell you. So that's my first practical step in what I used to teach for years. Learn how to find your true yes. And then conversely, your true no. What do you just can't stand, right? What sucks in your life? You're like, oh, and it's not that the, that there's a right or wrong to it. Just truly when I am like not excited or motivated for me, I always say that it's um, a convention center with a 5,000 screaming people in name tags. <laughs> <laughs> like if you say, let's go spend the day that way. I'm like, oh, and everybody feels the same way when you say that. Oh, it's like a little kid that just wants to shrink <laughs> into themselves. It's not to say that I stop doing things that I don't want to do, right? I mean, we all have stuff we don't like. I don't really want to necessarily go pick up my dry cleaning or do my taxes, but I stop lying to myself. I stop convincing myself, oh, come on, Laura, you should enjoy being at a convention center out there because other people like it. I don't care what other people think. They may like it. I, for whatever reason, can't stand it, right? So stop lying. Get into your body, know that the truth is there, then start to articulate that. So where does life come from? It comes from within. And I use my brain to communicate it, to take action, to take the next step. I use all this logic to plan it, to organize, right? It's a beautiful system. I mean, you and I are on this call because our brains understand time and schedules and Zoom yeah. and links. And But if you want your truth, I mean... It's a disaster. So that, that's my 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 best sort of practical first step um, in in sort of getting embodied. Yeah, and I love that, right? Because I had a session with you, you know, just shy of a year ago, and then I stumbled across you recently, and then I just intuitively reached out, like from the heart. I sent you a voice note on Instagram, and you were like, "Yeah, email me," and we did it, and it was immediate. And then the logistical comes in, right? I'm in my heart. You received my heart. You said yes from your heart, and then all the tech stuff. We have our podcast mics. We got Zoom, and I love this analogy. It's very simplified. Yeah, we know. We know those moments, like you said, that we have those moments in our life where it was a knowing, it was a feeling. It was like, this was one of the best days of my life. This is how it felt. And then we have those moments that are the quite opposite. And again, no judgment. We know. We and, know. I love, and I love what you shared around, like, cause that brings me back to engineering days. The Those things that I said yes to that killed my soul, that sucked my soul dry. And the amount of times I said yes, and like how much I was then beginning to resent and how much density that was taking up in my body and like creating havoc in there. And so if this is a challenging thing for you, I love that you said, and then you communicate because if you're, if you feel that way and you're still going to yeah. those huge convention centers and it's okay to give yourself grace and time, but if you continue to know that feeling and keep saying yes, it's going to continue to pull you further from that truth that you know right. you're talking about. So I love yeah. that. And there's nothing wrong. It's just life gets heavier, weighed down. We don't want that. So if yeah. you want to feel free and light and happy, you can today. Like yes. today, there's no ashram. You don't have to go climb yes. Mount Everest, all you have to do is trust that this intuitive space within 
has your best interests at heart and and it's it's just cultural conditioning. So I always tell people try it with little things, see if you're happier, then up it to to bigger things. You know, don't ask the question of should I leave my spouse? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, you know, should I change my job? Don't don't start yeah. there. Everybody always wants to start there. I'm like, don't, don't, don't. Yeah. You wouldn't go to the gym and deadlift like 500 pounds. Just start with the like five pound weight, you know, just like build totally. it up. Yeah. And and then see how a life starts feeling. It'll it'll yeah. feel better. I always say start with food. Like start with what do you want to eat? Like start with, if somebody asks you, do you want this for dinner? And it's like, like, that's what I do is now my sounds, like I'll make a face or I'll make a sound if I'm excited or if I'm like repulsed. And that's my just body temple just being like, boop, boop. Totally. And then it's so easy. That's right. And then you can start to, to ask the bigger questions. Do I, you know, do I want to continue? I had a podcast, the art of authenticity. I was done with it. And I, yeah. I just, it just was true. Was I hundred percent done. No, 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 no. And then I was, and I just listen. Right. And when you listen and listen, your life takes on this exceptional quality. I mean, Mm. exceptional, there's a flow state and a magic that starts kicking in and it becomes 10 times better than you could predict because you're letting go and you're just listening to these micro truths all the time that lead to some kind of Macro truth with, which I have to say, like, that's the one thing that I, I want to put an asterisk, asterisk, like you can't do it with the goal that it will become better. You have to do it because it's just truthful. And that's the one, like the universe doesn't lie, you know? So you, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to listen to my truth so that I get this job. Right. It's like, nope, that's desperation you're putting out. Right. I'm going to listen so that I get the partner. Nope. You got to just listen because of your listening and let go and surrender into the unknown, which is the most terrifying thing to the brain and the ego. But that's kind of the evolution of self right over time, if you can. Yeah. I heard a quote recently that was the universe doesn't give you what you want. The universe gives you who you are. So right. The universe is speaking in energy. So if you're doing something to get something right, that's the most, that's why being in integrity is so important. Because that's right. That's right. It'll actually rip, it'll repel you or it'll just take longer, right? Because we're in that energy. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm having so much fun, but now I'm sure people are dying to know what is the Laura Co definition of the Akashic record? <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> um, simply put, the Akashic records are the energetic space that still stores your soul's history. Every thought, feeling, action that you've done over all of your lifetimes. So imagine like a data warehouse, Amazon has its data warehouses, right? So imagine there's a big internet data warehouse in the sky, right? Doesn't really exist tangibly where everything all of us have done in all of our lifetimes is stored. Everything. And when I say everything, I literally mean everything. I found my friend's uh, wallet and that was a big oh my God moment, right? Because I was like, wait a minute, everything is stored. I mean, her, she called me desperate and said, Laura, I, I lost my wallet. And I was like, I'm so sorry. She's like, no, no, open my Akashic records. And I was like, I'm not doing that. This is a soul modality, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't find wallets. Like I'm not a party trick. And so I, I, I went in out of her desperation and she's a dear friend of mine. And I was like, okay, so I, I I saw this pile of clothing and I saw her wallet stuffed in there. And I was like, I, I I think your wallet's in your hamper. You grab this pile of clothing, you put it in your hamper, but it's like really stuffed in there. And it was literally not just in the hamper, but truly she had to empty the hamper three hours later because she didn't listen. It was stuffed really deep in there. And I was like, hold on a minute. While that's cool, what does that mean? Everything is stored, right? So an Akashic record reading... Sort of think like you got the data warehouse and now you want to go, go to, you go, go to Google and you think, I want to go on a vacation to Hawaii or whatever. Um, I want to go somewhere warm and it brings back so many results. When you have an Akashic record reading, it's like the guides on the other side, the master's teachers, loved ones, they are going to pick from all of that information, what serves your soul most in this moment in time to help you connect back to what it is that you need to continue on your path. So you get one search result instead of thousands of pages. You, they pick the thing. So people have this 
oh my God, like you said, I've been seen. I feel so heard. Oh my God, that was it. And so maybe for me, it was to hear modern minimalist apartment on the lake, like what I needed to hear because I was very much a healthy skeptic. And that helped me with my skepticism for you, the nurse bag, like something about that, right? Like triggered some kind of knowing in you. I I, I work with people who are technology people. And all of a sudden I'm talking in solid state metaphor, right? <laughs> like, you know how computers are like solid state and they're like, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know that they're tech people. Right. And then they tell me later, uh, I was telling this guy a whole metaphor in terms of chess and he's like, that's my favorite hobby. And I'm like, of course it is. Right. <laughs> so they tell it to you in a way that you can hear it and for your highest good in that moment. Mm. Yeah. And I, there was one thing that you were mentioning, you were like, okay, you got this thing. And there's like, they're showing me gum on the bottom of your shoe and you've been doing some really deep work and they've closed that door. Like you're solid. And now you, you want to, and they're like, they want to know, do you want, do you want to know how to get the gum off your shoe? I'm like, yeah, tell me how to get the gum off my shoe <laughs> because it's like, right. And it's that affirmation of like the clearing that I've done. And that now it's just like, oh, there's just some like eh, little nuanced things. And the nurse bag, you were like, I don't know if you're in healthcare, but it's very clear that you are here. You're doing little mini, not huge surgeries. And you said, which also really supported me, like I, my clients are those who have done a lot of, I don't like the word work, but exploration and who have been in deep healing and transformation and are here to be of service in bigger ways. And you affirm that for me, like, I'm not here to support the people with deep trauma in that way, there's people for that. Like I'm here to help people bridge just those like underlying pieces Mm -hmm. that aren't integrated so that they can show up in their fullness. And and so it was like Mm. just these little and re-listening it to it again over just under a year later, there's even, right. You, it's like, there's depth since I'm at a different level of consciousness my awareness of how you communicated it to me, you know, channeled it through is different. (laughs) No, it's really true. Like I listened back to readings two, three, four years later and I'm like, shit, I didn't hear that. You know, I didn't hear that. I like, I do think your soul is hearing it. I do think you're embodying it on a deep, deep level, but I don't know, maybe my conscious mind didn't hear it or something, but I do. I really encourage people to listen back because it's packed with nuance, the, the, the turn of phrase, the way it said, yeah, the, the metaphor. And I go back and I'm like, oh man, I, I was told this three years ago. I can't believe (laughs) I just totally didn't, it didn't fully click yet. You know? And I think that's the grace too, of like the human experience that, so it's like, sometimes we're just, it's okay to not be fully ready. Like we get to choose how quickly we want to dive in to that knowing and it's you know, not I, only okay, but it's truly like the the view of the records is that it's completely fine. We have many, many incarnations. It's yeah. okay. You set up this curriculum for you to do this. If you don't do what you decided to do, it's okay. Yes. There's no judgment. It's like incredibly non-judgmental. So, but I went through this like nihilistic, like, um, well, then what does that mean? Like, like, should I just go to Tahiti and like hang out on a beach? Like, does it really, like, if it doesn't matter, then it doesn't matter. And I hate that kind of slip into the meaninglessness of things. And so I want to clarify that it doesn't not matter. It's like, um, if you imagine a flower that's um, put in the perfect amount of soil with the perfect amount of sunlight, with the perfect amount of water, it's going to grow. Yeah. And like, why would you pull that flower out? Right. Um, so when you think about your lifetimes, um, you have a soul plan. So say for myself, I wanted to do the work I'm doing. So the record said, listen, Laura, for you to find another life where you can have an education. Cause I was lucky to have that. I came from a family that afforded me a beautiful education to, um, have the physical embodiment to be able to get this stuff done. Like the, the Laura Co parts are the right ones to help me get this finished. Um, to live in a culture and society where as a woman, as a gay woman, as a mystic, I can speak freely to have the internet. Cause I can get it out all over the place. They're like, it's just a lot, you know, you can wait, like you can do another life, but you know, you wanted it. So, you know, you've wanted it for many, many lives. And, and this is a really good one to get it done. So it's more like that. And that really, really hit me um, in terms of 
how to balance that idea of pressure and expectations of oneself. Like, oh God, I don't want to not complete what I'm here to do in some kind of like little kid who didn't finish their homework feelings. Um, (laughs) But I also don't want to end up like in this sort of life doesn't matter space either. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Well, and I think about like, if you did choose to go to Tahiti, I still, I feel like your soul would be like, I'm not happy here. Like, it's like, you'd be in the, on the beach laying there, but you really wouldn't be fulfilled because it's not really what you signed up for. Do you agree with that? Yeah. You know what? I appreciate you saying that because that was the second thing. Like it hit me like a ton of bricks one day. Um, We, we, and my belief is in culture, we really confuse the idea of happiness with pleasure. Yeah. So pleasure, meaning like sitting on a beach or like having your favorite food or whatever, like it's nice, but it's, it's always coming and going as is pain. But like, when am I truly quote unquote happiest, right? It's not pleasure seeking. Cause that's, that's a nightmare. It just, you're going to have to keep, you know, chasing after it or avoidant of pain. It's when I'm really doing what is deepest and most true to me that's when I'm actually happy. And and when you look at the early philosophical texts from all over the world, they all talk about happiness in terms of contentment or joy. It's not pleasure. It's really actually you find happiness when you understand it's not about chasing pleasure or resisting pain. It's being in the um, ever flowing shifts of pain and pleasure and being in your your truth, your soul's purpose, like fulfilling what is alive in you in the moment. And so when you ask the Akashic realm what they mean by purpose, they say in every breath step and walk in life that you are living from this energy that wants to express out and through and into the world in fullness. Mm. Just keep repeating it, just repeat it, just repeat it. So I express in my fullest truth And then the world presents things. And all I have to do is go, yes, no, yes, no, based on this truest sense of self all the time. That's all it means to be alive. And that's when you feel most alive, right? That's flow state. Um, The mind doesn't really work that way. (laughs) So yeah, absolutely. Um, That is when I'm most happy, when I'm doing the things that are most fulfilling, not pleasure seeking. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that does start to drop in more as you're in your heart and as you start to express in your authentic nature that that plain pain pleasure cycle just right. It's like, right, because there's loss and things happen, right? There's things that happen in our lives. There's transition. There's like, I'm in the middle of a move, right? Like there's things that we all experience as humans. So it's not to say that Lindsay and Laura never have any painful experience ever again. It's just our relationship with that pain, pleasure cycle shifts. Of course, are there moments where I'm a puddle on the floor, like guttural screaming and crying? Absolutely. And I've learned to just really be in relationship with those moments and just allow myself to be where I am so that I can continue to show up as me. So, and I'm looking at your bio here and you just said, a way, you know, the Akashic records was a way to systematically deepen the connection to your authentic voice. So I love that that was like the next layer after, you know, you know, it's like you, you had your own business, right? You, you learned how to start one from the ground up and sell it, right? You have your philosophy background, doing all of that authenticity work and coaching and podcasting. And then the Akashic records, it like opened up that next layer for you. Um, So I would love to know, well, first of all, I want to toot your horn for a second because when I did my session with you, can you tell people your wait list right now for Akashic readings? Oh. And you're like, uh-huh. don't, you're like, don't make me toot my own horn. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I am currently, there's a, like, I think 2,500 people on the wait list and yeah. growing every week. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so, I, I'm so humbled by it. I, um, I hear with almost everybody that meets with me, I don't know what it was, Laura, I was driving down the street and I heard your voice and I heard this and I just knew, and I just knew, and I just knew. So I'm clearly like doing what it is that I'm supposed to be doing yeah. and I'm getting that uh, validation from people. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit daunting yeah. though. Um, and, yeah. and I feel, I feel, um, I wish there was a way that I could support everybody, but it's. Yeah. Well, you are, you're training people. So you have how many people on your team now that you've supported, uh, you know, training them how to, to support others in readings, I think a handful, correct? 
Yeah. So what I've done is I, um, I've started working individually with a handful of people who are now at the little soul school site so they can help with readings. Um, each of them has, uh, one has not, one has been doing it for a long, long time, uh, Sharon, but the rest have worked with me individually. Um, and I've been hand selected as beautiful Akashic record readers. Um, at the little soul school, we, uh, have a certification program. And so there'll be more people coming through to help out and they all have such different and beautiful, ways of expressing, right? Um, backgrounds, approaches. So you can hopefully find somebody who who meets your, your soul's intention. Yeah. And through the little soul school, I know that you are teaching anyone who wants this access. Like I know that I've played a little bit myself in opening up my own Akashic records. And so I love that you're creating accessibility and relatability that it's like, I'm not Laura Co at the top of this hierarchical mountain and like nobody else can do this. And you're teaching people if they want to access it on their own and also training others who feel a calling, you know, for, to step into their service work in that way. Um, so you've got little soul school, which we'll drop in the show notes and you've got a, a new subscription that is, you have your certification program that you mentioned, and also a new subscription. If you want to talk about that briefly as well and put that below. Yeah. So I appreciate you bringing it up. I, so I teach people how to access the records because it's my belief that like, even if you don't want to do anything with it at all, everybody knows that they can walk up to a piano and hit the keys. And even if you suck, right, you could touch it. So I just want everybody to know, like you can touch this other realm. And if you believe that we all can do it, we're all mystics, right? Cause I didn't think that of myself, then maybe we are all connected to something bigger than ourselves. Right. And I think that hopefully changes you, even if you don't want to do anything with it. Um, and then, yeah, I, um, I go in the Akashic records to do an individual reading like I've done for you and others, but also, um, my true passion is, uh, I go in the Akashic realm and ask philosophical questions, Mm -hmm. guidance, spirituality. And that's how I wrote my first three books. There's, um, about eight or nine more of them that I haven't even released yet. Just what is the nature of love? What is the nature of boundaries? What is the nature of self-love? And you get these beautiful, beautiful, like philosophical, poetic answers that are filled with ways to heal and grow and and connect to the guides. And so we're going to release a subscription model where I go into the Akashic realm on a weekly basis. I get downloads from the guides on topics. Um, You can potentially ask a question to the guides through me. And, uh, we're, we're, we're really excited. Um, Ooh, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be in community. And you know what? Also one of the biggest, um, c- complaints or concerns I hear from people is, um, that they feel alone in this process, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not uh, a, a skeptical atheist, but you're also not interested in perhaps religion as it stands. And so you're looking for a community of seekers who are open and flexible and like not overly woo-woo, but just like really uh, like, you know, ready to have those conversations. Um, it, It felt to me that when I opened myself up to this, that I was ready for a lot of judgment with the people I knew. And a lot of people talk about that, right? So I wanted to create a non-judgmental space where we can all get together in community and meet people who are interested in and just exploration, yeah. right. Of, of what all this is. Yeah. And what I, whenever I connect in de- devotional space, what I receive is the most spiritual thing you can do is, is be your authentic self. Like authenticity is spirituality period. And I think like the way that you're communicating it and showcasing it of just like, it's doesn't need, like, it's like not fitting anything in a box. Like I cuss every once in a while, I have these sassy episodes where I'm like, wow, I said the F word like five times. Where did that come from? And just being like, that's me and who cares? And if somebody doesn't consider that sacred, that's not my community. And so I love what you're bringing to the table in terms of like people, because I was the same. I did not ever believe that I could have the access that I have now. And now I do. And I know that I'm just scratching the surface and I want other people to have that access if they desire it. Um, And so, yeah, it it like, for me, it was kind of in the beginning of opening up and I'm like, oh, I can open the Akashic records and I would take a bath because that's where I most surrendered and I would just play and I would have fun. And I don't even remember half the stuff. Like I didn't even write it down. I just wanted to do it and say I did and have a good time and now I'm like, maybe I'll go back in and see 
they come up with. Yeah. And we even have a free video series. I forgot to mention called the key plan. And it's, it's for, for people, you know, the, the, the live class is 20 bucks. I try to make it really, really, really accessible. I just want everybody to be able to do it. So if you want to do it alone, it's free. If you want to come to community, 20 bucks. Like I did the free one and I do have your three books. And I just want to mention before we close, they are like amazing altar table or coffee table books. I use them as Oracle decks. Like, oh yeah. Like, oh, what do I, like, what's the most important thing for me to know today? And yeah. And it usually is obviously very connected to what I'm experiencing in that moment. So thank you for that. Oh, that means so much to me. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. All right. Is there anything you want to leave our community with before we hop off? I just appreciate you taking the time and sharing your space and audience with me. And for anybody listening, you know, the Akashic realm has been around for thousands of years. It is not my space. It doesn't belong to anybody. It is for all of us. And um, long after I'm gone, it'll still be here. And so it's experiential, you know, play, try it. If you don't love it, that's fine. I don't have any need for people to, to dive into it, but it, if it's for you, it's truly magical and it's healing and it gives a certain level of unconditional loving guidance that I've never found anywhere else. Mm. Full body chills as you say that. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for your relatability, your authenticity, for just being yourself and giving other people permission to do the same. And we'll catch Mm. you next week for another episode. Much love, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for your presence and tuning in today. I believe in the power of reciprocity. So if you found value from this episode, I invite you to share the love. There are endless ways to do so, including leaving a rating and written review on Apple, forwarding the episode link to a loved one, reaching out to me on social media to say hi at Lindsay Martin Ellis, or sending me a love note via email at lindsay at lindsaymartinellis.com. I so appreciate you and your support. It's truly what keeps me going. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Lindsay Martin Ellis Experience. Much love.